0: This is the Snob podcast
1: welcome to episode 119 of the Snob podcast I'm Jerry Kingery
0: and I'm Cody viafania
1: and Cody we are uh about mm, 24-ish hours removed from the uh Oscars last Sunday I what is it the 92nd uh, uh it's not well, something I, like that I Who don't knows? know let's see it's the uh yeah the uh I don't know what it is I I'm not going to look it up, but uh, yeah. So Sunday night, uh, the Oscars. You, uh, I believe, watched it at our friend Kiko's house.
0: Yes, a yearly tradition uh, yeah,
1: that I'm not able to partake in anymore now that I live in Austin. But
0: yeah, it was. It's a fun night of snark, uh, basically. <laughs> it, I mean, back when you were here, it was us just like showing tweets to each other and, and yeah. making our own ridiculous comments about. What What is inevitably a slog of an evening?
1: Uh, is it still the same sort of uh, uh, guest list where there's the movie experts? Or, well, you know, as far as it goes with us. <clears throat> and then the people who have really kind of no idea.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's basically me and Kiko and then people who have seen nothing <laughs> that's nominated. <laughs> So every year, inevitably, I walk home with first place because Kiko and I are tied. It's either we're one and two, and he takes uh, the prize away from himself, and so it's 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 us going, you know, one and two every year since you've left.
1: Now this uh, pat this time uh, it was notoriously hard to predict, and I saw Kiko kind of. uh, I think he got fifteen out of twenty four, something like that.
0: Yeah, Kiko got first place with fifteen. I had fourteen that's, out of twenty four. That's pretty
1: terrible. It is. Uh if I think the the one time I took first place, I had twenty one out of twenty-four. Yeah. Which was a pretty solid, solid win. But That's a solid
0: uh, win. I think my my highest win was eighteen. Yeah, twenty four. So,
1: so this is uh sort of indicative of how wide open and crazy this year was. Uh and I, I do if you've if you listen or, or read any uh, um, film talk in the last 24 hours, obviously you know what happened and you know that there's not a lot uh, – people uh, people that are, are pretty
0: unhappy about what happened at certain points last night. You know, it's, it's super weird because I think that um, – I, I don't know how much – so I have my Twitter that I – my Twitter feed that I have is almost exclusively film people. So it's fil- mostly film critics or – film fans or film buffs or whatever and and it, i i sometimes forget that there it's a vacuum because if you follow film twitter it, it i mean a lot of the winners were overwhelmingly disliked <laughs> like like the majority like i mean like literally the majority of film critics on you know in this again in this vacuum like really were not a big fan of a couple movies that i'm sure we'll talk about a little bit um and so it it's so weird to me that that like it it's sort of like it's sort of like the election I think in some ways where if you followed social media in a vacuum you were like oh Hillary's going to just wipe the floor with Trump and then you're like oh wait <laughs> this is a va- <laughs> this is totally different than the general population
1: Yeah I, I think there's uh you know I I feel like there's there's uh You know, less and less overlap between the public. And I think that's obvious. Less and less overlap between the public and critics these days. Um, You know, uh, obviously with stuff like Venom being a huge hit, for example. Right. That every critic hates. But I I always feel like the Oscars are a bit more geared toward the critics most of the time. And, you know, when when stuff like uh, The Shape of Water wins, you know, it's not a huge hit. But it's a it's a genre film that a lot of nerds like uh, right so to speak uh, and I feel like this year kind of threw they, they threw it in the, the Academy threw it through that in the face of everybody with a couple of, of big picks uh, that we'll get to later but let's let's start it all off with how the show started and first of all this was notorious uh, for not having a host yeah how do you think that went
0: um I, I think the so there's been a lot of writing about this today. I really think that the only um, the only benefit to not having the host was we were spared some some midway bits that just fell flat on its face, like a lot of the. Yeah, the Kimmel stuff was fine. I mean, like the where he would like bring people in off the street or whatever. You know, it was it was not great, but I think of like the like the Neil Patrick Harris briefcase bit that just yeah. was a total disaster from a few years back. And I think we, I think the only benefit was that we were spared some of that stuff, and I think the show as a result moved a little bit quicker. But it felt a little bit aimless, I think, at times. And I think um you know, without without a look, I mean, opening the the show with Queen <laughs> playing like two of the biggest songs, like and just watching a bunch of celebrities in the room enjoy watching. You know, uh, you know, a, a huge band without its without literally like the main draw to the band. And look, I I respect the hell out of Queen. I love Queen, but like I don't I don't care about watching Queen with Adam Lambert. Like, yeah, I just, I, I, I
1: think I mentioned to you it's like a state fair act, like. Well, so, in, in, yeah. It, it's fine. It's Queen. And, you know, they have a a I guess, a semi-star filling in. But it's not, he's well, not doing a Freddie Mercury impression.
0: Well, and here's the thing, is that Bohemian Rhapsody itself is a celebration of Freddie Mercury. Like, right. the the idea that, that Queen is having a renaissance right now and is in all sorts of commercials and all of that is is because of this, I don't know that it ever went away, but a renewed focus maybe on on the legacy of Freddie Mercury. And so you're bringing out queen with someone who most people have limited to no connection to, uh, it's just, it was a weird way to start it, especially when it's like, Again, it has really nothing to do. I mean, it would be it would be like you know if uh, if the year that Searching for Sugar Man came out, like Rodriguez came out and did a set, like it's just like where is your tie into the movie other than it's just representative of one of the movies that's nominated? It just I, I would rather watch you know like uh, and maybe it I've just fallen prey to like tradition or, or or seeing things, but like I don't mind the monologue of just cracking on celebrities in the room and especially when it's done well like Kimmel was really good at it I thought particularly and I I would rather have a 15 minute Kimmel monologue than watch it you know crusty old queen <laughs> performing
1: I I'd rather have a killer opening funny bit that's rememberable, that's memorable I don't necessarily care about the you know 15 minutes of like oh well Meryl Streep's here and then you make a crack about that
0: well you know uh, and I, I agree, and I actually, I was just reading right before we started recording this this oral history of the Hugh Jackman um, Oscar opener, because I don't know if you remember, but that was actually written by Dan Harmon and Ben Schwartz yes. uh, and, and Rob Schrab. And, um, and I was reading the oral history, and I actually watched it over again, and even something like that would have been like an improvement over, again, getting a band that has nothing to do with, film, it has no film actors. It, like, it's a celebration of film, and you bring out Queen to do Queen songs. It's just kind of, it just was weird.
1: Yeah, uh, it, it uh, reminds me of, like, stuff I've enjoyed in the past. And I, this the only reason I can remember this one is because it was so well put together, and I'm a huge Conan O'Brien fan. Do you remember when he hosted the Emmys? Yeah, and he popped up in the other shows. Yes. Yeah. I mean, like, a, an opening like that, like, it's not necessarily... Like super duper funny, you know. It's not a gutbuster thing, but it's so clever and memorable that it's it's stuck in my head for you know the f- fifteen years or however the hell long ago it was that it happened.
0: I and I and I actually somewhat frequently watch that opening because <laughs> because I really love when he pops into the office. Right. Uh, yeah, it's, re- it's really funny. But does what he did come he, out
1: of the ceiling or something?
0: Uh, yeah, he does actually, yeah. and okay. he yeah. What What did you think of the no host thing? Uh, I I thought it was okay.
1: Uh, it it really shows how kind of superfluous a lot of that stuff can be. Um, it it made for some strange moments. Uh, one of the strangest was seeing Tom Morello of Rage Against the Machine uh, come out in a tuxedo and introduce a movie about Dick Cheney. It was <laughs> yeah. sort of some cognitive dis- dissonance from having grown up, you know, coming of age, come of age in the late '90s and the early 2000s to see Tom Morello sort of. I, I don't know if it. I don't know if it really was a sellout, but it really felt like a sellout. It It just just felt dirty. Like I didn't didn't know what was happening. Like, because first of all, he looked like a rod. You know, basically (laughs) coming out there because like, who the fuck is this? Like, why is Tom? I I can't. I I mean, Tom Morello wearing a tux is is a weird sight anyway.
0: Yeah, Um, I I was just waiting for him to have like. Like like make a rage against the machine pun so that people were putting stuff together, but his speech was a little bit uncomfortable to watch for and this you know, like for this rebel rock star rock star guy. I
1: can just picture like Spike Lee looking at him in the audience, being like, "You fucking sellout!" <laughs> like just, <laughs> God damn it! Uh, but uh, uh, it it did make for some some cool things. Like I think uh, you know, one of the things everybody's talking about is the Lady Gaga. Uh, uh, Bradley Cooper performance of Shallow. Yeah, yeah. You know, where she basically, I fucked him the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's... By the, way, I, I... <laughs> how, by the way, how would you like to be, is it his, just his girlfriend, Bradley Cooper? I, th- I think it is his girlfriend, yeah. Uh, how would you like to be her when everybody's talking about how much, <laughs> oh, like, they are... I mean, if, even if they're not, like, and it was just an act, like, man, like, just shut up. Everybody's talking about how... Like they're going to have sex if they haven't already.
0: I am. I am a big fan of the memes that have been coming out. <laughs> I sent, I sent very... you one. I sent you one right before we started. <laughs> that the was wedding.
1: that was my favorite one so far.
0: <laughs> and, and like, and yeah, I mean, I would have liked to seen a, like a shot, like a cut shot to her, just in like as, like, as, as it wrapped cr- up, just
1: grinding her teeth, like just, just this. <laughs> no, but, but look, what. It was amazing. I mean, well, it just no. That was a. Gr- it was an amazing performance, and one of the the coolest things about it to me was the uh, the transition into it.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, it was a really, really well done piece of television. Because uh, I believe it was right after the award for visual effects, and it, it just sort of it, it was a shot from backstage, and they they pushed the piano out, and you see Bradley Cooper and 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 Lady Gaga walk on stage, and it's one take. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that they could have transitioned to that better than they did with a host. Yeah, for sure. So it, it, it threw some creativity in there. Uh, you know, it got... I don't think a host was ever really missed, except until kind of the wrap-up. Uh, Julia Roberts presented Best Picture, and then after the speeches, they just sort of cut back to her. And she said, all right, good night. Like, <laughs> Yeah, basically. Why do they, they need to do that? I don't know. But I, I think it was fine without a host. I think they are going to have to uh, make a big case for themselves. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they ever learn anything from this shit.
0: Uh, I don't think they do because I think they bring in different people every year, like different producers and stuff to, to, to run the show. And so I, there's no continuity between anything. And I don't know that they learn anything. I mean, like, look, th- they couldn't have possibly learned anything this year because it wasn't supposed to be this way. Right. You know?
1: But, you know, I mean, if if the way it was pulled off, I think, was was pretty admirably done without a host to, to shuffle things through. I mean, granted, these things are, uh, you know, in a big production like that, it's just sort of a moving part. Your host is really there to sort of comment on anything that goes awry or weird or whatever mm-hmm. along the way. And, you know, it's, it's obviously not totally necessary. And I think they I think it worked fine. And I, you know, rather than see somebody slotted in there that sucks i think this was a, a better alternative
0: yeah uh i mean maybe in the future they won't they will do this when they are trying because i mean look the idea behind the the oscars like because when they were looking to replace kevin hart i was reading some articles that were basically saying that the academy didn't want a fuddy-duddy so they didn't want billy crystal or steve martin or whatever <laughs> Uh, I can't believe—can you believe,
1: by the way, I know you were a child at the time, but there was, like, the mid-'90s were dominated comedically by Billy Crystal.
0: I know. It's so weird. weird,
1: (laughs) What a weird thing to think about now. Like, what the fuck were we doing?
0: Yeah, it's it's super weird. And I don't—I like Steve Martin a lot, uh, and I think he's a decent Oscar host, too. But, like, they didn't want someone who was of that age or of that generation or safe— At the same time, they didn't want anyone who would cause controversy. So when Kevin Hart got got uh, well, when he took himself off uh, the the hosting gig, um, you know there were a lot of people who would have really been a good fit, but they just they didn't want to take any risks at all. So like again, like John Mulaney and Nick Kroll had hosted the Spirit Awards for a couple years and were great. Um, mm-hmm. even bringing in that trio of Maya Rudolph, Amy Poehler, and Tina Fey, and I think maybe they'll even do that next year. Um, you know, like they they just they just didn't want to do anything. So I think maybe when they want to avoid controversy, they may go this route again and know that they can at least do it. But I I the the it I think that it recovered better than it started because the whole production was rudderless for the first like half hour, and I think a lot of that had to do with like probably the most incoherent speeches I've ever seen at an <laughs> award show in my life. I like, I hadn't, like, what was going on for the first, like, five awards? Like, what were, like, and, like, they were prepared. They had stuff written down, and they couldn't, like, get the word. Like, there was one, I, I forget who it was. It was, like, three people up there who were all three reading from the same speech, but, like, were getting confused at who said what. I, like, I like the, the speeches were just out-of-control horrible for a while. Which was
1: the... Was it the production design? Or... There was one that was, like... It was, like, three people, and they... Like, the a woman... An older woman just sort of stared for a good yeah. 20 seconds.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think I, that was... I can't in, remember which one that was. And the free solo one was a weird... They they had a lot of dead air uh, as well.
1: Yeah, uh... Yeah, and they cut people off, and, uh... Um, what was the – there was one um, – shit. There was one category where, like, a, someone spoke and then the other person
0: was either well more
1: well-known or uh,
0: – I think it was Peter Fairley for screenplay was cut off towards the end maybe. I don't remember.
1: There was something there, – there's a lot of weird stuff. There always is. And I felt kind of like that with without a host, they may have, like – uh, let those things play a little longer. Uh, but I, I, yeah, there was some weirdness going on. I don't know that that was uh, any fault of the production, I think that's just weirdos that, <laughs> that got up there and didn't know what to do. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I think, uh, overall, production wise, it was fine. I, I think it everybody was waiting for it to be a b- disaster because the last sort of six months for the academy has been a disaster. With the whole Kevin Hart thing blowing up on them, and then the the ill fated best popular movie that was going to be awarded, uh, and then the like the late decision that they were going to stick a, like major awards like cinematography in the commercial breaks, right? And uh, balking on that, so I think all things considered, it, it went as well as it went better than anybody could have expected.
0: Yeah, I mean it. It almost had to because of like, just just layer after layer of really bad press for the Oscars. <laughs> like they just could not get out from under it, and um and like you you're also forgetting too uh, one other thing, which was that um they were only going going to let um two of the best song, uh, oh, nominees yeah. perform. Uh, and they were only going to do, like, 90-second performances to speed it up. And then Lady Gaga was basically like, you let everyone perform or I'm not performing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I forgot about that part. That was that was a sort of minor controversy. It was to, but until you – I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, it it, it is. But if la- – I mean, Lady Gaga threatened to – walk, and and that would have, like, literally the biggest moment of the night they could have risked not having. True,
1: true. Well, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it was. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. But 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 even though, uh, you know, it was months of bad press, I don't think that they made it out unscathed uh, in the bad press department just by some of the awards they handed out. So. uh, Yeah. So let's get to that. Uh, first of all let's start with some of the the, the categories that that were less controversial uh, supporting actress the first award of the night went to uh, Regina King for if Beale Street could talk I I don't really have a, a strong opinion on this one way or the other but
0: yeah you know um, it was that was one of the ones that was pretty bound to happen um, Rachel Weiss was was maybe the dark horse there um, but, I do think um, it was
1: interesting that both her and Emma Stone were nominated, and I feel like just
0: sort of canceled each other out. They That usually, I, I feel like that usually does happen um, in cases like that. Um, you know, again, I, I don't, if Beale Street could talk, I, I really didn't, it really didn't uh, impact me much as a film. Um, right. Uh, and Regina Keene is, is good in it, um, but... Again, nobody in that category. Real, I mean, the 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 favorite women were were both really good. Amy Adams is good, um, but it, it was one of those awards that like it, it, there's every year there's like an acting category where I don't have an opinion either way on any of the nominees.
1: Yeah, but, I mean, I I was fine with anybody picking that up. You know, I I mean, has Amy Adams won before?
0: She's not. She's actually. Um, a lot of people were making a big deal of that Glenn Close. Um, has seven nominations and never won, but Amy Adams actually has six now and has never won.
1: Yeah, and uh, both both Emma Stone and Rachel Weisz have won, so yes. they were not. Uh,
0: and who else was in that category? Gosh, uh, Marina De Tavira from Roma. Oh, yes, yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So anyway, I don't have a
1: like I said, I don't have a strong opinion on that. I, I'm totally fine with Regina King. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's she's she's been around for years and years and years already. So yeah. Anyway uh what's what's next uh you want to talk uh screenplays
0: yeah um so it's funny because i i expected uh black klansman to win adapted screenplay um it it really didn't have a ton of competition there if beale street could talk was maybe the one that could unseat it but original screenplay was was always going to be kiko and i actually talked about it um before the show even started And that was always going to be the signal of what kind of night we were going to be having (laughs) because, because if so, uh, the odds on favorite was the favorite um, because Mm -hmm. it it really is just the best screenplay probably out of the bunch. Uh, The vice screenplay I think is really good too, but the favorites very smart, very witty. Like, like it's, it's the most well-written screenplay. And we looked at Kiko looked at me and he's like, if, if green book wins, best original screenplay it's going to win best picture and because that's i mean that's it because the screenplay and we'll get into green book a little bit later but the screenplay of green book is it's not it's strong suit uh, right, if right. it if it has any strong suits and so when that award happened I, like, literally out loud, I go, oh, shit. <laughs> because I was like, okay, here we go. Green Book is... I, I At that point, I was like, I, I knew that Roma wasn't going to win, and I knew that Best Picture was either going to be Bohemian Rhapsody or Green Book after after uh, Green Book won Best Screenplay.
1: Yeah, uh, so it was up against uh, the favorite, like you said. Uh, First Reform, sort of the dark, real dark horse there. Yeah, uh, uh, but a great Ro- screenplay, by right. the way. Roma, uh, again, was the powerhouse, I thought. At a point. Uh, and then Vice. Uh, Vice I wouldn't have been surprised with, but that's that's what Adam McKay won uh, for the last last time he was nominated was uh, for uh, uh, shit. The Big Short.
0: Yes. In that category.
1: Yeah. So. So, yeah, the, the Green Book winning over something like The Favorite was not that was the that was, again, the bellwether for me. Like, Oh, I don't know what's happening at this awards show, but I think something bad.
0: <laughs> um, yeah
1: but you know the the win for uh for spike lee for black klansman it it does uh you know while well does it well deserved it does feel like um the career
0: award for for spike lee you know here's the thing is is yeah i yes but i will say that it's not in the the, the category was not particularly strong um right this year um and i think that i think that it, it's probably the best screenplay of the bunch, in my opinion, um, though I think in, in, in any other year, it probably would not have maybe even been nominated. I, I don't know.
1: Yeah. I, I Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's hard because that is kind of a weak category. I mean, I, I think the smart money would have been on uh, it had Black Klansman not been in the mix, had been on would have been a, a star is born just because Hollywood seems to love Hollywood.
0: But, they do, and that's why I thought A Star Is Born very early on had a good had a good chance, and then it kind of just fell flat. But
1: yeah, uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, let's go on to uh, uh, best uh, supporting actor, uh, Mahershala Ali. Mahersha, Mahershala Ali, second time he's won this award in three years. Uh, in three years. First was for uh, Moonlight, of course. This one didn't feel as special.
0: You know, uh, it, it, it it didn't. Um. I, <sighs> This is a tough one for me too because I almost prefer every performance in this category ahead of Mahershala Ali. Um, it was probably my least favorite of the bunch. Um, I understand why he won, I think he's very good in it. Um, I think he's a great actor, I really like him. Um, but uh, I would have liked to see, um, <sighs> I, mean, I, I I thought Sam Elliott had a chance just because he's the like it would have been like the career award. It would have been him. It would have been him or Richard E. Grant probably who would have taken it. Rockwell Rockwell was great, but he had what like five minutes of screen yeah, time. Yeah,
1: I'm very surprised he got the nomination for that much. I mean, it was I liked him a lot, but uh, yeah, he was in the movie for maybe five minutes.
0: Yeah, and and look I, I, again, Mahershala Ali is is very good in Green Book. It 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 speaks more to. The problematic nature of the movie in itself. I just, I just, again, a category where some pretty good performances, but none that I'm super enthusiastic about. I'm fine with him winning again. Yeah, um, no, I have no I, problem. But
1: I think he's a great actor. But I, I did, this one doesn't feel the same as Moonlight.
0: No, uh, not at all. Especially because <laughs> his performance in Moonlight is insanely good. <laughs> like, like well,
1: uh, that was my thing about Moonlight. Is I don't think that. That's why I had a. You know, I have no problem with it having having one Best Picture that year, but I feel like it never conquers the high of his first. He's in the first segment, yeah, and I feel like it never gets as good as that later in the film. Mm-hmm. But I think anyway, it's fair. But yeah. I mean, Trevante Rhodes is is great, and um, um, uh, Andre Holland is really good too in the last segment. But still, anyway. Uh, what else? What else? What else? Uh, what do you want to do? What do you want to talk next?
0: Uh, let's let's brief. I briefly I really want to touch on documentary. Um,
1: oh yeah, yeah. Because
0: documentary has been, and we didn't get to talk nominations. It's such a confounding thing because I, it was either last year or the year before. The presumptive winner was the Jane Goodall documentary, and it was not nominated for best uh, documentary feature. And then it happened again this year, where yes, yes. where the uh, where "Won't You Be My Neighbor?" the presumptive winner, everyone just knew it was going to waltz to the to the win, was not nominated.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, I had I had "Won't You Be My Neighbor?" as my my top movie last year. Just I, I loved that movie so much, and it affected me in such a way. And I think a lot of people felt that way. And it did feel like it was the walk off favorite. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, it you you get those once every now and then uh OJ uh made in America was another one that was like there's no way this isn't winning. Yeah. Um but for it to not even get nominated is a big giant kind of question mark to me. Like I, I don't really understand what's going on with that
0: yeah, category. It, it's it's very weird. Now here here's here's the other thing though, is that uh I won't you be my neighbor I didn't love. Um I thought it was good, but there's at least Two documentaries in there, I feel, are better movies, and one of them won. Uh, so I was happy that Free Solo won because I think Free Solo is really good. But I, if yeah. anything, it's just for people to maybe check out Minding the Gap. Um, yeah, we didn't do a top ten episode, but Minding the Gap was on my top ten list, uh, and it's it's on Hulu right now uh, for anyone who has Hulu um it's it's really really good and well worth checking out i just found it i just thought it was a super interesting thing since we didn't talk nominations that that this keeps on happening with documentary where something that you are 100 percent sure is going to win is not even nominated i don't i actually don't know how that ha- happened <laughs> i mean <laughs> i mean to not even be nominated with the kind of because it had critical buzz it had the like the feel good factor had a huge um,
1: theatrical release
0: it had and it made a lot of money like it it, yeah. it had a good box office run um, and it's sh- it was just so weird to see it absent. I don't think it should have won personally but mm-hmm. I, to, for it to not be nominated is a little bit crazy
1: and i I feel like uh, something like RBG got in there uh, with the you know the liberal superhero sort of vibe because I, I I haven't seen RBG. And uh, I know that's a travesty to say I haven't seen something, but I haven't heard. I've heard it's fine.
0: That's what I've heard. I haven't seen it either, but um, I, I have heard the same thing. Yeah, and I feel like it. It you know, it's it is what it is. Uh,
1: what's next? What do you want to talk next?
0: Uh, animated film because this is a big one. I know for you and me who are big fans of uh of uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller who are now yeah. Oscar Oscar winning. So
1: this went to Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, which was again, one of my favorite movies last year. I, did we ever talk about it? Cause I don't remember how you felt about the film. We
0: didn't talk about it. Um, I liked it. Um, I, 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 I think it was kind of, I think it's better f- for me personally, for what it represented than, than maybe what it was. Um, I think it was, revolutionary in its uh, visual style oh 100 and and i think that i think that it did something that i don't think anyone has ever seen um in an animated film before um and just in terms of even like color but 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 really its animation style the way that it looks and feels like a comic um just i mean amazing in that regard and also just the fact that it had like the diversity of the characters throughout the whole thing. I think it was a better idea than it. Than I did like the movie, but I did like the movie.
1: No, I liked it a lot, and, and I felt uh, uh, that the, being the, uh, I think I counted this, the seventh Spider-Man film in the last 15 years, 16 years, mm-hmm. it was uh, probably the most essential because it, it had the ability to draw off of all of the, the lore of Spider-Man, without having to, to do the table setting. And I think that's something that gets forgotten a lot of times in these comic book movies Yeah, is the fact that like people just want to experience the character as opposed to his origin story over and over again. And I think the, the movie does a great, has a great joke about that. That's sort of running through it the whole time about the origin of every different Spider-Man that's in there. Yeah. Uh, where, you know, they, get, whoever's narrating gets increasingly more fed up, uh, but, yeah. yeah, I you know, this beat out some heavy hitters. Uh It did.
0: It, I was about to say that too. I like it it beat out Pixar, it beat out uh it's, um uh Wes Anderson. Mm-hmm. Uh
1: it beat out Pixar and Disney with and Disney, uh, yeah. Ralph Breaks the Internet. Uh, Mariah is another one I uh, you know, the Japanese uh uh, language one that I'm I'm not really familiar with at all.
0: I I didn't. That's the uh, I did not see that one, but I I've heard really good things about it. But it 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 absolutely beat heavy hitters, and I think uh, was was an important win. I think uh, because the animated feature category is is one of those that that feels a lot of the time dominated by either Disney or Pixar. Yeah, and to it, have another winner is cool.
1: It feels uh, like the biggest. The, those have been some of my biggest snubs in the last few years, now that I think about it. Uh, of course, the, we talked about this last time we had the show with the Lego movie being completely snubbed, not getting nominated. And then I think uh, something like, uh, well, the first Wreck-It Ralph is, is one that I absolutely loved. And it lost that, that year to, um, uh, I believe, Brave, which was one of the lesser Pixar
0: efforts. It is the uh, lesser Pixar effort. No,
1: <laughs> well, no, there's worse because because Cars 2 is worse. But
0: I haven't seen the Cars movies
1: of uh, of prestige Pixar. The one where they know they're not money grabbing, it was not very good. Uh, and routinely, I feel like that that the the uh, animated category goes to just whatever the biggest thing is out there. And uh, but uh, if Spider Man's Into the Spider Verse hadn't won, I think a lot more people than just nerds like me would have been upset because. It was such a important, such an important film for not only the stylizing, stylistic choices it made, but again, like you mentioned, the diversity of the cast and of the the characters represented. Uh, you know, it's the first time there's been a pig superhero,
0: for for instance. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just making waves. Yeah,
1: no, uh, it's it's a really great film, and i I'm, I'm I was incredibly happy to see it win. Uh, like you said, I love uh, Lord and Miller glad they finally got an Oscar that they should have gotten, you know, five years ago for the Lego movie, but, you know, take some time. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, of dominating uh, animated films, uh, Bao, is that how you say that? Yes. Uh, won uh, Best Animated Short. That is, of course, the uh, Pixar uh, short that premiered uh, before The Incredibles 2 uh, over the summer mm-hmm. about a, like a a dumpling that comes to life. Yes, that's correct. I wasn't a big fan, but I
0: was not either. I the, the, so the animated shorts were the only ones that I the only short films I saw. Everyone in the category, and Bao is probably my third or fourth favorite of that bunch. Uh, there were there were much better ones, but uh, you know, you can't. I mean,
1: it's hard to beat something that everybody saw.
0: It is, I mean,
1: and you know that I I don't know. Again, a friend of mine at work and I were talking. Like, how do you, how does the normal person see these films? And you know, I mean, I know they play at art houses, these animated shorts. But how how does how do you seek them out? I just, it's a weird thing to me.
0: It Such is. A, I mean, it, they, they, I will say this: they are. It is far easier to seek them out now than it was even five years no, ago. No, I. I
1: mean, I don't. I totally agree. But it's you know the how many academy voters are going to see them right right you know, because and, but of course they've already seen bow because it was in front of the biggest pixar movie of the summer but yeah exactly anyway uh documentary short subject i don't really have an opinion on this
0: yeah we can uh, skip we can skip this uh, i i think the 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 one thing we've missed uh so far is that uh is that uh marvel now has a multi oscar winning Film. Oh,
1: well yeah, yeah. So that was uh, uh a lot of uh behind the scenes stuff. One of my biggest surprises uh was Best Original Score.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah.
1: Went to Black Panther. Uh Ludwig Göransson, who I didn't realize until uh <laughs> until last night that he was like a, a stringy-haired young white dude who was like a roommate of uh Ryan Coogler's in film school. Yeah. Which, uh I thought was pretty awesome uh you know I thought he was I, I you know well, I,
0: he's he's known too for um he's a producer for uh for childish Gambino as well oh is he yeah I didn't know that yeah
1: I guess they're all about the same age
0: yeah uh, so he won I, I think he actually just recently won two Grammys with with childish Gambino like a couple weeks ago
1: that was a big uh that was a big surprise for me because I no, no offense to the film and the com- composer, but I don't really I don't really nothing really resonated from Black Panther musically for me.
0: Well here's the thing is that I don't know if you if you recall or heard much from the score from like if Beale Street could talk, but that score is incredible. Yeah uh, and uh, like I mean
1: I really I really liked Mary Poppin's Returns score. Uh, I loved the old Disney vibe of it and I thought that might have been a you know a pretty more of a shoe- in than something like Black Panther if it came to populist things, but yeah, it was, it was a surprise for me, uh, for that one. The other two, not so much for a uh, black Panther, uh, best costume design, uh, which, uh, I'm trying to find that category, uh, who that winner was. What was the woman's name? Uh, she's been around for years and years.
0: She uh, worked, worked with Spike Lee. Um, it's, uh, it's, um, I just had it in front of me, uh, Ruth E Carter.
1: Yes, yes, yes. Who had a, a great speech. Um, she was the first. That was the first winner for Black Panther that uh, last night.
0: Yeah, and and uh, and, t- and it was is is super interesting, and I think an uh, an interesting award because I I picked the favorite because I always assume period piece is going to dominate costume design, so it was actually kind of kind of cool to see something that wasn't a period piece.
1: Well, yeah, there were. I think I, I feel like maybe uh, Mary Queen of Scots and the favorite sort of canceled each other out. It could be with yeah period pieces, but yeah, I I thought maybe Mary Poppins would have would have snagged it. Uh, Black Panther was was really well done too. Uh, and again, the uh, third award that black Panther won uh, was achievement in production design, uh, beating out the favorite first man, Mary Poppins and Roma. Um, again, this is a, a pretty big win for Marvel because this is one of those things they do in every single movie, uh, is sort of build this girl world from the ground up, uh, being that it's so heavily fantastical, you know what I mean? Uh, and for this to win i think is a pretty big deal i think it was a a, a testament to the to the size and scope of of black panther as it, more so than it was anything else maybe
0: yeah uh, i think i think so the world building um aspect of it i mean just just visually and design in general you know they created a they created a, a world or a country or whatever you want to call it Um, and I think it really resonated in terms of just the scope of it. Um, and I, not to, not to, um, take the topic, but while we're on the subject of Marvel movies, the, the one category that actually, where Kiko beat me on ultimately was visual effects. Ah, yes. And I think it's important to note that he had it right, which is that Marvel movies or just comic book movies in general do not win this category ever. Um, and so uh and so something like uh like going back to even Iron Man uh you know did not win and, and so <laughs> like the, the and the one thing that you could point out too is like ex Machina won uh mm-hmm. won best visual effects over like the Martian Star Wars Force Awakens, Mad Max Fury Road, like uh like it, it or you know, again something like um, you know, a Blade Runner last year. Um, beating out War for the Planet of the Apes or uh, Last Jedi or Kong Skull Island or Guardians 2. It, so it's it, just a weird category.
1: It feels like lately they give it to the
0: film that maybe has the most practical effects. I think that, or if if the film has any sort of prestige whatsoever, yeah, maybe so.
1: Because like all the rest of them are pretty popcorny, and I think uh, I I thought the the special effects, I don't know. Uh, Most people didn't really care for the movie or were lukewarm on it. But I think the special effects and Christopher Robin are amazing. Uh, And I think all the other stuff was was You know, Avengers Infinity War, Ready Player One Solo. They're all sort of the same to me, just sort of big digital smears of things. Uh, But First Man, I really liked. And uh, I'm I was glad to see it win. I, I, I still think First Man is vastly underappreciated, but I'll take that win.
0: Well, it's 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 a category that I'm really beginning to care less and less about, mostly because, look, I mean, if War for the Planet of the Apes can't win best visual effects, like, what are we doing here? Like, like literally creating performances from, from motion capture. Like, no,
1: I know. And, I mean, stuff – you look at War for the Planet of the Apes and you look at something like um, – what was his name? Uh, Bad Ape, the Steve Zahn character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that is an amazing piece of visual effects. Uh, yeah. And it, yeah, for it to lose to, to uh, uh, what was it? Blade Runner. Blade Runner, which was fine, uh, but it was no, yeah. It,
0: anyway, but but see, but honestly, it's Marvel is inching closer and closer to the big boys' table in terms of of awards. I mean, just having Black Panther nominated for Best Picture was a huge deal, but um, you know, walking away with ultimately three Oscars for for one of their films is is pretty substantial, I think.
1: Uh, yeah, and, you know, it's not it's not exactly the ones you expect. It's not, like, sound editing or, uh, you know, to have uh, production design is a pretty big deal, I think, of all of those three. Production did, design yeah. and and score is probably a wild card, but I think production design is probably one of the biggest awards, as weird as that sounds. Uh, because it, it seems like something that a superhero movie shouldn't win. Uh, but anyway, let's move on to uh, the sound categories. Uh, <laughs> this is another one where... where um, it just sort of seemed like everything was coming off the rails
0: well i think i think the first coming off the rails moment because i think it might have happened before but maybe not was was editing um okay yeah uh, i i don't remember the order they went in but yeah when when bohemian rhapsody that was another where i said oh shit out loud um and and it, and it prompted a lot of online twitter response of like people saying that bohemian rhapsody is terribly edited and uh, and are people even watching the movie? <laughs> um, because I, Vice was pretty much the the lead standout for that category. Right. Um, the one that every, I, I mean, that's what, what most people had picked. And then to see that happen was just kind of, uh, it was a moment where I'm like, this is probably not going to go well.
1: Right. So, so uh, Bohemian Rhapsody wins film editing and it wins both of the big sound categories, sound editing and sound effects. Uh, effects editing what sound is mixing sound mixing sorry i can't which one's live and which one's effects i never can't keep those two straight uh i think editing is live, I think that's sound, live yeah and then um uh, mixing is effects i don't really understand the difference especially when you look at the like the nominees being
0: virtually exactly the same i don't uh, either uh <laughs> I'm sure they just check both boxes when they're doing their ballads. Yeah,
1: I mean, uh, I And they thought, were like,
0: music? Hmm, that's for, sound.
1: First of all, I thought the, uh, well, they're not entirely the same because A Quiet Place has sound editing and, uh, uh, sound mixing has A Star is Born, which I thought would have gone to, uh, uh, sound editing, I thought would have gone to First Man just because that, one of the things that plays most to me in that film is the sound. Um, that was my hope, but uh, seeing Bohemian Rhapsody win, that, I was like, "Oh, great!" And then the other category—I can't remember which one, which one came first—but that it won both, like, well, fuck, something bad yeah. is going to happen. Yep. Um, and uh, let's see what, what what can we move on to next? Oh, best foreign film, yep. uh, Roma. yeah, Roma. Shuin. Yeah. Do you think this was uh, this? Were you at this point thinking this signaled that it wasn't going to win best picture? Because I mean, it was a shoo-in to win this one.
0: I, I, I honestly was not thinking. I, to, to, to be honest, the the original screenplay one was the one where I knew that Roma was not going to win Best Picture. I don't. I can't recall if that was before or after Foreign Film, but that was the moment I knew. And, uh in, in Foreign Film, it was just I just treated it as I still thought Quaron was going to win Director no matter what. But I thought Picture at that point was probably out of the question.
1: Yeah, uh, he also won Best Cinematography. Uh, in one of the awards that was going to be shunned away to the uh, mm-hmm. commercial break. Yeah. So.
0: I mean, he himself walked away with three Oscars. So
1: yeah, it was very, uh, it was interesting to see. Uh, I forgot that he was his own cinematographer.
0: He was his own editor too, but it didn't get nominated for editing. Uh, okay. What's next? Uh, I think the big, I, the big awards, the, the big awards, the top, so, the top four really. And, so
1: let's start with the one that's not terribly controversial. In uh, best actress went to Olivia Colman.
0: It's not controversial, but it was the big surprise of the night. Right. Um, Glenn Close was so the the funny thing is for a lot of the guilds and the smaller awards, it was actually Glenn Close and Lady Gaga who were kind of going back and forth a little bit. Uh, Colman didn't win all that much. I know I believe she won BAFTA, but I don't know what she won beyond that. Um and so it was kind of supposed to be the Glenn Close Career Award. You know she's been mm-hmm. nominated seven times and and I think pretty much everyone was pretty shocked at Coleman uh, winning, including herself. Uh, and what led to probably the second best moment of the night, which was her speech. I thought. No,
1: yeah, it it was very genuine and very funny, and uh, it, it it I I thought it was a great performance, and I'm I'm glad it won. I I could have gone I again I. I didn't really have a favorite in that category. Uh you know, like everybody else, I thought Glenn Close was going to win. Um I would have been fine with uh any of the other actresses winning. Uh,
0: I think it was the best performance of the bunch. Uh, Olivia Coleman,
1: Yes. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. But uh you know, had had it gone to Lady Gaga, I could have understand, I would have understood. Um had it gone to uh uh Melissa McCarthy, I would have been happy about. Uh the uh Yelitsa Parsio, is that how you say it? I'm sorry if I mispronounced that. But I
0: think it's close.
1: <laughs> it's uh, I I would have been like, okay, fine, but yeah, Olivia Coleman, I, I really liked, and I, it was probably the the second best moment of the night. Let's go to uh one of my downer moments of the night with uh, performance by an actor in a leading role. Yeah, that went to Rami Malek for Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, uh, which one of my favorite things, and I think. I messaged you about it, or you messaged me. Uh, the clip they show for that is him lip syncing. <laughs> yes, it is. Oh, Jesus. Okay, so the this category was, um, it had Christian Bale for Vice, Bradley Cooper for A Star Is Born, Willem Dafoe in a movie that I didn't see, uh, which I don't think anyone thought was going to win anyway. No. I, was he playing uh, Vincent van Gogh? I don't y- even know. Yes, he was. Okay. Uh, and Viggo Mortensen for Green Book, I-, I thought this was Christian Bale's to lose, uh, dark horse. Not so dark horse, but I thought it was Bradley Cooper's. Right, I agree uh, with that. that says had me. it been, uh, you know, had everything gone the way I thought it was going to go, uh, but for Rami Malek to win for Bohemian Rhapsody, um,
0: man, I don't even know. Here's here's the thing that I that I will say: um, it, Bohemian Rhapsody is not a good movie. Um, <laughs> right, and I—that's I, not controversial. <laughs> I don't think it's the movie itself is problematic in the way that it was by who made the movie. I think is first and foremost. Oh, we now, haven't even
1: talked about that yet.
0: Yeah, uh. I mean, look—it's—it's it's not an indictment of of the people involved with the final product that Bryan Singer's a garbage person, but uh, it's problematic that that it's it's been swept under the rug and. Even Rami Malek was was someone who had said during the process of the awards that he was unaware of the allegations and all, which is impossible if if you Google or research your role at all. But the, the problem with Bohemian Rhapsody is that it is a uh, it's not a good movie, and the performance I don't think is that good. It's what like fifty fifty to forty five fifty percent lip sync. And right. the lip syncing, I don't think, is very good. Um, that clip,
1: that clip they show, it's awful.
0: Yeah, it's it's it is awful, and he, it, it's just it's just not a good performance. And his acting is fine; he's he's good in it, I, I guess. But like to have to to have that performance that is mostly lip sync against, first of all, a guy who sang his own songs in a movie, <laughs> right, uh, right? But but against a, a guy like Bale, who I, I think I I said either to you or Kiko or to someone. When Bale gave his speech at uh at the Golden Globes, like that should have been the reason why you know he deserved the Oscar. Hearing actual Christian Bale talk and then watching <laughs> him in Vice, it's like two different people. And um and that performance is so nuanced and subtle, and he just becomes another person and it was just it was the best performance of the year and I just in this in the Bohemian Rhapsody performance was just like it was a lip sync performance. The fake teeth look awful in it like it's just it's just it's just so it's like amateurish i felt and 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 it just really was a frustrating frustrating well, award well and and and
1: he's not even the first choice for it. Like there right. was this th- this Sasha Baron Cohen uh, version was in development for years until he bailed because Queen the the guys in Queen got weird about wanting it to be about them.
0: Right, um, right.
1: And you know, this felt like a, a stopgap and that this movie took off so much it baffles me. Uh you know, I can I can get behind like the the fact that venom became a, a box office success you know cuz it's a stupid movie uh and people just like stupid movies sometimes but this movie being critically adored it feels like i'm not in on the joke or well it's I, or, not
0: critically adored it's like 60% well, on you know, rotten tomatoes <laughs>
1: sure i'm sorry i shouldn't say critically adored but like adored by oh uh uh you know, uh, giving awards, you know, by these, uh, you know, by the yeah. Golden Globes and
0: by the Oscars, like I, like what's happening? Like I don't I, understand. Again, it's it is it is I believe I believe it to be nostalgia, and I believe it to be uh, a rightful uh, sense of love and admiration for Queen in the in yeah. the songs and the music, and for Freddie Mercury. But it's not a great film, and it's not a great film performance. And I think the, the the problem with it is that is that I think it got rewarded for being uh, not only popular. So I think the popular movie thing should f- fly out the window with this win. Uh, <laughs> but but I think it got rewarded because people people it, it's a it's a it's a biopic maybe I don't know if, I mean so is Christian Bale is Dick Cheney but this award like can we stop giving it to people who play real people and it's in like robbing. Good performances, like giving Eddie Redmayne the Oscar over Michael Keaton. Like,
1: well, I mean, to be fair, Bale was playing a real person, but he
0: was. I And I get that, but it's, it's, it's the idea of you know, people n- know to some extent what Dick Cheney sounded like, but they were. I mean, it's not like, oh wow, that guy's doing a dead-on Dick Cheney versus you know, watching him become f- a huge public figure like Freddie Mercury or whatever. Yeah,
1: no, I, I, I agree. It was one of those things that. Look, I, I'm I'm not a big fan of always having the biopic. Uh, you know, it's it's sort of the easy route to uh, to a nomination. I feel like Bradley Cooper's first nomination as Chris Kyle in American Sniper was not well earned uh, because I don't think he was particularly great in that movie. I mean, he was fine. Uh, I think he was he was really good in A Star Is Born, uh, and I think you know if, if we were going for pure like you know. Here's the time to reward someone. I think that would have been Bradley Cooper's award to lose. Um, I think the best performance was Christian Bale. uh, And the other two, you know, I didn't see the Willem Dafoe movie, and I don't give a shit about Viggo Mortensen and Green Book playing some fucking mook. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, um, yeah, that's when I was like, shit, is Bohemian Rhapsody going to win Best Picture? Yeah, I thought it was possible. uh, Yeah, so... um, one more award before we get to the final award. Uh, best director went to, uh, Alfonso Cuaron, which I was fine with. Um, it's, it's, it's a strangely dominant category for, uh, for Mexican directors, uh, in the last, the last six years, the award's been split between Cuaron, uh, and, uh, Guillermo del Toro with, uh, with both uh, Inuritu and Quaron winning two Oscars,
0: yeah, five of the last six years have been from um, directors from Mexico. Yeah, I mean it's cool. Uh, I think, mean, and I think Quaron yeah. is great.
1: Uh, Inuyu, I think, is a little showy, uh, and I'm not a big fan of Del Toro, but whatever.
0: Well, I think the cool thing about it is that the movies, it's with with maybe the exception of Gravity, the movies are like independent, small, like like really well-made um like artur driven movies and i think that's that's a super cool thing that they're recognizing um just the craftsmanship uh that that goes into those directors and and, and they have i mean again the common thread if you want to pull one is is like emmanuel Lubesky has been cinematographer for for all but two of those true um, yeah and and really, the Roma was basically done in his style, as as Quaron pointed out when he won his cinematography award. But mm-hmm. um, it is a cool trend, and those guys are all really great filmmakers. And um, and and I think that the, the interesting thing about it, though, I think, is that um, is how many times it's been part of a split. Because um, mm-hmm. The Revenant did not win Best Picture, Gravity did not win Best Picture, um, Roma did not win Best Picture. Wait, what? One the year Gravity won. Uh, Twelve Years a Slave won Best Picture. Oh, that's right. That's right. And, and and before this this kind of thing happened. And again, the the year before was Ang Lee winning for Life of Pi. Um, yeah, that's
1: right. I and
0: and so it, it's just it's funny to see um that 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 was when the split really started happening. Prior to that, this the split almost never happened between director and picture. And now it's happened in most of the in, in most of the uh the winners in recent memory even like going back to Damien Chazelle winning for La La Land and Moonlight winning best picture and i think that that's that's the biggest trend that i've noticed in the oscars that really got reinforced this year is that the director sp- and picture split is something that that is almost now expected as opposed to being a rare occurrence
1: yeah it used to it used to almost be a death knell for a best picture chance if your director wasn't nominated and i think the last time that really got uh like that really got a lot of play was Argo. Uh, and then yeah. like Argo blew that up and then it's been, it's been different ever since then. But
0: yeah. Uh, and, and even if you look at the, at the ones, so since 2010, only through four of the best directors, um, have also won best picture. Um, so the splits happened Del, half. so that's Del Toro and your E2, uh,
1: I don't know who else.
0: Tom yeah. Hooper for The King's Speech and then oh, and then God. <laughs> the director of The Artist also won Best Director.
1: Man, what The Artist was such a long time ago now it seems like. <laughs> yeah, 2011. But that movie like that movie there's no resonance from that film at all. And no, I thought that movie was great. It, I I really enjoyed that movie, but there's no resonance from that film whatsoever.
0: No, there's really not.
1: Weird. And then The King's Speech is like that's old school uh that's old school Oscar bite. bait, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh so, on to the last category, best picture. Again, who boy. Again, no clear front runner this year. No. Uh, no. Uh, I uh, who was your pick going in? My pick was Roma going in. See, my pick going in was A Star is Born. Uh and you know, for various reasons and we've we've talked about these uh All the, you know, throughout the the show. Um, I, so the winner was Green Book. And I didn't see that coming uh, because, you know, it got the best original screenplay. And I thought that was it.
0: I did too at the time because I, uh, again, I I more thought, I more so thought that Bohemian Rhapsody was going to win at that point.
1: Yeah. I thought that this was going to mark the uh, Bohemian Rhapsody and somewhere in Purgatory, Brian Singer was going to be. Vindicated, vindicated, before his final reckoning for whatever crimes he's alleged to have committed. But yeah, anyway, yeah. After uh, after Rami Malek won for Best Actor, I thought for sure this was going to be Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, uh, but this was even more disappointing. I think. Yeah, uh, and it's been it's been the biggest talk uh, of a Best Picture winner. Then uh, I think it's this is even a bigger talker than the. Than the screw up with uh, Moonlight and La La Land. It, it might be. I I, I when it comes re- to content, I mean,
0: yeah. If you read the articles that are happening today, it is by and large, you know, worst best picture winner since Crash. Like that's <laughs> right. Which is never a movie I think you want to be compared to uh, because it's always going to be unfavorably. Um, but uh, look, I mean. G- I Green Book as a film is problematic at best. Uh like that's <laughs> right. your starting point. Um you know, it was a crowd pleaser um and it and it is a movie that was mildly popular, but there are a few big time problems with it. Um and I have have you seen it? Uh, uh no, but I know I've I've gotten the gist. Yeah. Um so let me I'll just run quickly through its its main offenses first and foremost it has it, it I, I cannot believe that it won best picture with the nightmarish press cycle that it had <laughs> yes that's
1: one of the things that we were talking about uh uh earlier today so it the first controversy was uh uh the character played by Mahersha Ali um Oh, I'm blanking on the name now. Dr um, Dr Shirley. Dr Shirley, yes. Uh his family uh made a statement that this guy was or that this, this story they weren't consulted.
0: Right. The and, the script was written by the character who Vigo Mortensen plays son.
1: Yeah. Who I didn't realize uh the character Vigo Mortensen was playing. I didn't realize was a a, <laughs> a a mafia movie actor who had a big role like in the Sopranos. Until today, Tony Lip, as it were. But yeah. Yeah. So that's the first controversy. The second one is um, that that writer, Nick Valongo, uh had some problematic tweets. Yes. Uh, agreeing with President Trump that he saw uh, Muslims celebrating on nine eleven. which I don't even know why you. I mean, look. Political opinions aside, I don't even know why you bring that up right now. Like, what are you
0: talking about? Like, yeah.
1: What, was this on the tip of your tongue? like what happened? Well these were these were old tweets, but true, 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 but I mean it wasn't that old. It was never it, it was
0: never really relevant.
1: <laughs> uh, but I mean Twitter Twitter is not that old and these the controversy over this was like in 2016. so yeah, still it's like what what? Anyway, so it survived that and then it survived um, probably what I thought was going to be the fatal blow because of the the climate right now. Uh, the idea that the, the knowledge that Peter Farrelly used to show his, his dick to people on set, namely Cameron Diaz, which uh, do you remember this? When I told you like, I swear 20 years ago, that was a plus. Yeah. And I found an article where, and I said it to you and I can't remember what it was from some, uh, maybe, uh, entertainment weekly or something where like it was discussed 20 years ago where it was like, Oh, what a jokester. Uh, that he showed his penis to Cameron Diaz on the set of "There's Something About Mary" to like make her laugh or, or to get a, ta- a, rea- a specific specific reaction during a take, and like now that that's problematic, uh, I thought that was going to sink him because he apologized for it. Look, even though the climate has changed so much that it, it, yeah, puff puff pieces were written about it twenty years ago.
0: Yeah, well, um, y- you're also uh, leaving out. Another oh, controversy. I? Oh, oh I, for, I, I forgot about it. Go ahead. It's uh, Vigo Mortensen casually used the N-word during I've, a QA and a That's right, yes. With Mahershala Ali for a screening of Green Book. Look, Vigo Mortensen, I think, is a crazy person. So <laughs> I'm willing to let that
1: one, chalk that one up to he's a crazy person. Uh, but, yeah. So it overcame all of this stuff.
0: Yes, and um, and that is that's just the press part of things. Not even getting into the actual movie itself.
1: Not in the movie that that you know is um, basically accused of uh, of filtering uh, race, uh, the racist South, uh, which is where the movie takes place. And the Green Book is based on a, or the the name comes from the the idea that there's there was, or the not the idea, but the the fact that there was this book mm-hmm. for African American people in the South to how to avoid being. murdered essentially i guess
0: yeah it was it was basically places that were safe for them to stay um, Um, across the country
1: which is ghastly obviously that this is a that this was a a period of our history you know yeah Uh, and this thing
0: is so sanitized it is and, and and that is the problem is it is that it is a lighthearted movie about racism <laughs> oh, and God. and and that's it's it's a buddy movie it's a comedy it's um it, it, and it is and it is lighthearted it's 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 treated very lightly and the one thing that i tell people about it is that Viggo Mortensen's character like his big heroic moment of racial inequality is essentially Every time they run into trouble, he's like, "Hey, come on, come on, we don't want any trouble." Like that's that's the extent of it. Like he's not fighting against racism. He doesn't learn anything. Like he <laughs> he he very literally is just like, "Hey, come on, guys, let's let's ease up knock, a little bit." Knock it off. But, knock yes, it off. That's basically the extent of his racial healing. And his character doesn't really go through much change. I know that the the Shirley family is very upset that they don't feel like events were accurately portrayed in the movie. Um, Mahershala Ali has apologized to the Shirley family, um, because of some of the things in the movie or that they, they weren't consulted or, or whatever the case may be. And it's just really, um,
1: well, yeah. And uh, sorry to interrupt you there, but it, the, you know, the, one of the biggest blatant things that people talk about is there's a scene where, uh, Viggo Mortensen's character teaches Mahershala Ali's character how to eat fried chicken. Yes, in like some tone deaf uh, uh, play to to show what an elitist and how separated from his culture, uh, Doctor Shirley's character or the Doctor Shirley
0: is. Yeah, and the family had to come out and be like, "Yes, he had had fried chicken before." Yeah, like you <laughs> like, motherfuckers! Come on, holy shit, man! Um, yeah, I've never seen
1: uh, swifter, more sweeping backlash to a win than this. Like there was. Uh, the a film critic for the new york times uh, i can't remember his name published a story like late last night like no green book is a terrible movie essentially yeah uh like it's the worst best picture winner uh
0: yeah and it's it's just a problematic movie that takes a very very serious subject and tries to make it lighthearted and a, a lot of people really um are like the 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 thing that i've heard the most about it is that it's 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 a really bad example of like the white savior yes. movie yes that's the, that's the term that's being thrown around a lot um, yeah and i think
1: my favorite story from last night about it winning is the story of spike lee getting fucking pissed yes uh, <laughs> there's a, a tweet that that i saw that he like he waved his arms in disgust and tried to storm out of the oscars yeah, uh, and until they, he they was didn't stopped, let him and then they, they didn't let him and then he he commented uh, uh Rather good-naturedly uh, after the show, that whenever there's uh, someone driving someone else, he loses. <laughs> yes, <laughs> uh, in a reference to driving Miss Daisy, which uh, many people thought he lost, uh, e- even though the movie was nominated. Uh, Do the right thing uh, was the movie that was his big breakout film in 1990. Anyway, yeah, um, yeah it's uh, a
0: bad. It's a bad. It's a bad look. I think a because of the controversy surrounding it and showing that. That you can still win an Oscar when all of that shit happens, which again, in this day and age, I think is not surprising anymore. Um, but that it survived so much bad press. And then the fact that it is a movie that just that that really is kind of tone deaf, um uh in in, in, and, in yeah.
1: And look, diversity was on hand everywhere else in the show.
0: Oh, yeah. You know? I, mean, I mean, people of color were I think one Most of the awards, if I'm not or or either either uh, either a person of color one or a movie about a person of color one in almost every instance.
1: Right. And, and, you know, uh, again, uh, the uh, uh, Hispanic filmmaker uh, wins Best Director and Best Foreign Film and uh, Best Cinematography, you know, uh, a black uh, costume designer who got her start with Spike Lee wins and all this other stuff that, that, that is positive for diversity, which is what they've always been striving toward. And it's all undone by this shit.
0: Well, and what someone said was, if you look up at the, at at the stage, uh, at, at the (laughs) people that won green book, (laughs) it's like 90% white people about a movie that is supposedly supposed to be, um, you know, prominently featuring, um, you know the this you know the the really awful racism encountered by you know uh, african americans in the south and like it's it's all white people up there like what is going on well and, and you know
1: you, you try to square that with a an academy that gave the award to moonlight 2 years ago
0: and that uh, that has been the the thing that i have been struggling with the most today is how can the same branch and how can the same group of people give something Give a give a, a, an Oscar for Best Picture to a movie about like a gay African American teenager in some case in in the case of that, and then two years later turn around and give it to this horse shit. Like it's just it's so weird. It's like it's it's and I I, I was actually talking to a, a mutual friend of ours earlier, and I was like, and I literally this was my my stream of consciousness was like. Like, like, literally, what has changed in two years? And I'm like, oh, wait a second. <laughs> There's one thing that changed
1: in two years. <laughs> oh, God. This is the world like, we live in I was now. like,
0: did I just answer my own question?
1: <laughs> well, and, you know, uh, uh, to, for something like Moonlight, it, to be even more extraordinary about it, not that it wasn't a, a great film uh, and, and it had, uh, you know, uh, a, a gay, black lead character, it's not really positive. You know, it, no. it has a positive spin, but like at the end the, of the film, it's about the love that the character finds. He's still a drug dealer, you know, like this tough ass, like intimidating drug dealer. Like it's not some some wash your hands, uh, feel good story at the end. It's just about the love, you know. So it's 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 even more surprising that that a movie like that made it through when you and then like Green Book is just kind of the antithesis of that. It's
0: it's it's a it has a pat ending, you know, it's yeah, it well, wraps it, everything up nicely. I mean, and then even last year you have a, a movie about uh, the love between a woman and a fish man. Well, and, you know, and,
1: <laughs> and, and you know, I wasn't a fan of the movie, but it was a it was a unique genre piece. It was that weird. Was a, <laughs> it's a weird that was movie. A big, that was a big win. I, and, you know, I wasn't a fan of the movie, but it's a, that's a big step, you know, to have a, 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 a singular vision from a from a filmmaker who's. You know, outside of the norm, uh, you know, and and just so happens to be a person of color, and it was, you know, it's it's representative of his of his, uh, body of work, and it's that was a great win too. I mean, I w- again, I would have picked something else, but you're still taking t- you're taking a major step backwards here with Green Book.
0: Yeah, and I I don't know how I I don't know what they what what you can do to fix something like this because you're you're at the mercy of the mo- of the level of movie that you have and and uh, honestly it it was a weak crop of best picture nominees there's no right. there's no real way to slice and dice it other than say that it was a weak crop of best picture nominees and i i don't know if they tried to overcompensate for for trying to make the the winners more diverse uh and in the end maybe picked the movie that that fit the bill, even though it doesn't have the message that it actually does. I know that one voter, uh, I got sent an article today where one voter said that literally his support for Green Book was him rebelling, saying that people shouldn't tell him what he should and shouldn't like. Oh, I I remember, I love reading those articles because there's always some just fucking crackpot. Yeah. Well, Uh, this might've been the one.
1: Yeah. Uh, I saw, I was reading a story about this, I believe on the ringer today. Uh, There's a speculation from some people that, because it's a weighted system, uh, you know, you vote for your number one gets so many votes or so many points. Number two gets so many points. They this the writer of this article felt like there was just a ton of of first and uh, maybe second and third place votes for Green Book, and uh, since the other fields were since the other movies were so kind of fragmented and different, that maybe that's how it picked it up. You know, it just sort of snuck up with a bunch of second place votes. Maybe uh, you that's know, uh, possible.
0: You know, and, and in in the preferential uh, ballot is what they call that. Yes, yeah.
1: thank you, thank you. I couldn't remember what that was called, but yeah, it's uh, you know, the, you know that there was no clear number one, and then this thing that people were like, eh, whatever, you know, throw it at number two, and lo and behold, you have another fucking racial controversy of your own fucking making. Yes, I mean, come on, there, there need there should be some like ombudsman for the Oscars who just who, who should just be like like, when the, the nominees come in and, like, there's something like this that's gonna, like, like, they can prognosticate down the road, like, this is gonna be a problem. We gotta, ex- we gotta, we gotta kill this. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, you know, if, if, uh... Like a swing vote. <laughs> yeah, just one dude who can be, like, like nope. Like, he's the, like, the, the, like, the remote ref office in the NBA that's, like, in Secaucus, New Jersey. Like, there, uh, he's, like, he watches the play on video. Like, nope, we got it. no. <laughs> nope, Fuck we have this. a we have a racist producer. <laughs> we cannot. This cannot Fuck go for this. it. Yeah, like if Brian Singer gets nominated for best director, like no, come on, no, no. Like you got to get rid of that. Yeah, but uh yeah. Anyway, so another year, another uh, major controversy for the Oscars. Yeah, look, uh,
0: it's it's a bad it's a bad look, and um and and it's and it's it it, it has look. I think you know when when the when like the credits are rolling and you have articles coming out that say it's the worst best picture winner ever you've you've really you've really screwed up i think yeah
1: yep yeah um you know and you could it's it's so easily avoidable so easily avoidable uh again i i don't know i mean i don't know how you change it i mean do you um you know do you purge the membership do you uh, change the voting. Uh, cause I think best picture voting is the one category that's open to everyone.
0: I mean, I don't, I don't know what you do short of putting in like, uh, like a morality clause or something like that, where, <laughs> you know, if you're, if you're, if your movie is uncovered to be problematic in some way of being racist or sexist or something like that, that you're, you're disqualified for voting because you're, you could be representing the Academy I don't. I don't really know what you really do in in this situation. Well, I mean, like, what can you do? Because at the, it's in the hands of the voters. I mean, the voting, the voting, uh, members of the academy are the ones who did this. So, unless, and, right. uh, and 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 the funny thing about that, I don't know if you if you remember this, is that a couple of years ago the initiative was they added hundreds of members who were again people of color. Right. or uh or um or more women uh as well. Yeah, um, no, I remember the, that was
1: the Oscar So Black uh backlash.
0: Yeah. Or, I mean sorry, Oscar So White. Yes, Oscar So White. <laughs> sorry, that was stupid. <laughs> it's okay. But, but it's a uh, uh yeah, so so there was a big initiative to add people of color, women um uh i think even even maybe people who had told uh, like from the lgbt community and adding all these people to the voting board which may have swayed moonlight winning and then again something like this happens so what is your safeguard at this point i mean it, it, at the end of the day it's this it's this body of people who 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 did who did this i mean it's not critics <laughs> it's not audiences it's 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 a singular group of people so that's who you can point the finger at i don't know where your solution comes
1: yeah, and chances are there will be no lessons learned, and this time next year there'll be something else that uh, will be the major controversy. Um, maybe Kevin Spacey gets nominated. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or uh, Harvey Weinstein wins or something. Anyway, <laughs> Lifetime Achievement Award. Lifetime Achievement Award for Harvey Weinstein. Ooh, boy. Oh, anyway. Uh, so, yeah, that's uh, going to wrap up the show for this week. Um, we didn't review any movies, but uh, we'll be back at that soon enough.
0: Yeah, I don't uh, there's no real major releases unless we want to do Tyler Perry's A Medea Family Funeral next week. Is that Apparently
1: that's the last Medea movie?
0: Oh, come on. Medea's a zombie is coming up after that. Oh, yeah, I guess so. Uh But uh yeah, we don't really have anything until Captain Marvel the following week and oh, then yeah. and then we'll probably have a we'll be in South by Fever. Yeah, I got the South by Fever, don't you? I have one every time after – there was one year where you and I got each other very sick. Dude, I was so fucking sick that time. I think that, actually you got me – I think I was fine until you and I had carpooled. Yeah, see, that was the problem.
1: Nights. Yeah, don't you – know, let's not confuse each other. Like uh, like we weren't – we were carpooling and that's how we got each other sick. It wasn't from our normal kissing.
0: <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't mono. We didn't
1: give each other mono as <laughs> most people would have expected, but uh, – no, yeah. we
0: had we uh we we carpooled together multiple days at that at that year and uh you were deathly ill and in turn I left the fest you started the festival <laughs> deathly ill and I ended the festival deathly I think
1: Ill. I think I started I think I started okay and I think like the second or third day cuz I, I believe it was the weekend when I got deathly ill and then Monday I was like fuck it I can't go so yeah that was my I, I still live in San Antonio so
0: I think our homeboy Kiko actually got sick last year I it's Look, I mean, it's bound to happen when you're crammed in with thousands of people. Yeah. Yeah. I love it, though.
1: It's fun. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I took last year off. I'm going back this year. Um, We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Uh, All right. So if you want to reach us, you can email us at podcast at Cinesnob.net. You can call us at 920-FILM-210. That's 920-3456-210. Find us on Twitter at Cinesnob, Facebook Cinesnob Critic uh yeah so i uh, hope you enjoyed this oscar show um yeah. we uh we talked a lot longer than
0: i thought we were going to but i thought so too we basically well, ran down the whole show yeah so uh
1: anyway um yeah yeah so just something... consider
0: it the fourth hour of oscar's coverage you're getting
1: yeah it was it was reasonably short i will say that for the show
0: like it, yeah, it came it... in
1: it came in at like three hours
0: and ten minutes which
1: is kind of a big surprise
0: yeah, uh, but, uh, but 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 it actually did feel shorter, so I will say that that is. Yeah, yeah, it was fine. All right. Uh, on that note, I'm Jared Kingery and I'm Cody Viafania. Thank you for listening to the Cine Snob podcast. To read reviews, interviews, and more, visit cinesnob.net. See you next
1: week.